0: Welcome to Curva
1: Mundial.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and my guest today is someone who is bringing the angels of Bergamo, Italy to Sin City. I am joined by the founder of Las Vegas Atalanta, a supporters group for Italian city R wonder team, Atalanta. He is also the host of the Atalanta pod. Please welcome to the show... Dan Pezzotta. Benvenuti Dan, how are you? Oh Sal, doing doing good. I'm so
1: excited and uh, honored to be on your pod. I've told you before, I've listened to it. It's such a great concept. Um, it's so nice to be a guest on your pod, so I'm excited to have a chat with you.
0: Oh man, thank you so much for all those kind words. Right off the bat, you're already my favorite guest, so I mean, I guess like this <laughs> is, we're done. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, for real, thank you so much. And you know, I came across you through the you know, the dark alleys of Twitter. But, um, you know, that seedy, seedy place where people live these days. And I I love the juxtaposition of Atalanta and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. The symbol of the team is an angel. Vegas, no disrespect to Vegas, but whatever happens there obviously stays there. Um, but also because of the fact that, like, Atalanta is not a large team. Mm-hmm. And Vegas is a large city. Mm-hmm. And Bergamo is a very, very, very specific place on the map. Yeah. So I gotta know I had a million questions. <laughs> you and I have been conversing for a while. I can't wait to hear all of them. So okay. let's hear it. Let, how, all right. do, how does all of this come about?
1: Well, see, the, the interesting thing, Sal, is like most of the time when you when you're on Twitter, and especially in America, culture supporters, right? Like people who are culture supporters who live in the United States, like both of us, um, a lot of times. You know if it if they're italian it's one thing right you know they you know maybe their parents are from the south maybe they support naples or they're juve fans or milan fans or inter fans we have so so many of those right always have supported that team um for me and if you see an atalanta fan in the united states most of the time they're new they're newer fans right because really the glory days of atalanta it's only been since like 2016, 2017, right? It's, like, now. it's, it's happening now. It's happening now. These, these are our glory days, right? What Whatever that means to the teams, the big supporting, you know, big clubs, this is our glory days, right? We have, one, we have one trophy from the 1960s and a bunch of Serie B titles, right? So it's in the now. And, you know, also coverage for Calcio has never been better uh it, then you know in the last few years in the united states i mean started with you know being sports and went to espn and now on, on you know on paramount plus and cbs so a lot of exposure it's one of the top teams but i'm not a new Atlanta supporter you know I, I was telling you man I, I turned 40 this year and i was i've been an Atalanta supporter for 40 years right i i was born into it and and the story is because my dad is actually from bergamo uh whenever i go to italy and people see my my last name you know, on my passport, they're like, "Oh, you got to be from Bergamo because it's true. Everybody whose last name is Petzota is from Bergamo. Like, you know, it's it's you you it's 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 a thing. You go to a cemetery in Bergamo, everybody's a Petzota or Zanki, That's it. Right? There's only a couple of last names. So, uh, so my dad is Bergamasco, but I never lived in Italy. Right? Uh, growing up, I I was telling you earlier that my mom's Filipino. And my dad was working in the Philippines, and and they met and uh, you know, and I, I was me and my two sisters are a result of that. And but I'd always been uh, an Atalanta fan because my dad was a huge Atalanta supporter being from Bergamo. Uh, but I grew up in in Manila, Los Angeles, and I've been living in Vegas for about six years. Um, so there's a couple of other uh, people who support Atalanta who I've turned on to Atalanta. And uh, yeah, I mean, our, our saying is pocima forti. We're, uh we're only a few but we're real strong and we're big as a lot of supporters so that's that's how the whole thing came about
0: I love it man this is awesome yeah. I mean that's that's one hell of an origin story yeah <laughs> uh, I you know it, it, it one for starters I'm very jealous of probably the food that you had growing up I mean between <laughs> Italian and Philip northern Italian cuisine and Filipino food so look I'm 100 Sicilian yeah um yeah I'm not gonna say that we've got the best food in Italy, but we got the best food in Italy. Northern <laughs> Italian cuisine is so much different. Yeah. And couple that with the beauty of the Filipino cuisine. Yeah. Man.
1: Yep. So I, like, I, I I have to tell you though, Sal, my mom it comes from a, a family that had restaurants and cooks, right? So when my mother married my father and they went to Italy, my aunt's my grandma taught her how to cook Italian food. And I'm not lying. Everybody says their mom is the best cook, but my mom is literally the best cook. She cooks Italian food better than my nonna and my zia because she has that background, right? And and for years when we were living in the Philippines and you couldn't get the ingredients, she'd figure out how to make that kind of food. You know, in like the 80s and 90s, we couldn't import all this stuff that they had in Italy. (laughs) So that so now when it's readily available, she's just it's just top notch. So yeah, I had great food and of course Filipino food. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that's the thing. It's like for me, I've always sort of like I love the idea of fusion. Yeah, two, and man, I want your mom to make like a, a fusion of like some sort of traditional Filipino and yeah. and Italian dish and just because <laughs> like you're good. Like there's really when you think about it, like it kind my of mo- my mom does, and
1: I'll tell you, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Great. So, so, so my my dad. Did not never never cooked, right? So he wasn't a cook, and I, you know, I think a lot of Southern Italian fathers they they like to cook and stuff. My dad could barely toss a salad, so I I don't even know. That's all he did was he'd make the insalata mista like for every. That was his contribution, right? And so, but he was a, he was a hunter, and so he liked to like you know he liked to shoot especially like small game like partridges, like rabbits, especially rabbits. And oh. of course, in Northern Italy, rabbits a big deal. So my mom would take rabbit and she would make it like our adobo. So it would be like adobo conilio, right? So there's that Italian, Italian Filipino, but with, um, uh, what does she, what does she make it with? With a, uh, what's the cornmeal? Not, it's polenta, with polenta. Yeah, po- oh, okay, yeah. With polenta. So she would make like Filipino adobo, but rabbit with polenta. And that was the fusion that we would, that we would eat.
0: Dude, that sounds incredible. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <great>. <laughs> I look, I know it's 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 in poor taste to eat Bugs Bunny, but it's <laughs> the deli- like look I, again. It's like a, it's a cultural thing. It's yeah. I remember growing up, similar circumstance where you know grandfather's a hunter. You know, my yeah. dad's dad, uh bringing home the rabbits, and it's just like yeah pranzo per pasqua and that was it there's Easter yeah. dinner and that was it and you had you had no option that, that, that's what you're eating um this is very cool man i love that backstory uh and i love that now atalanta and a small team mm-hmm. is having their moment in the sun i as again i talked about sicily earlier my family half my family originates from palermo so I see a lot of similarities between Atalanta and the Palermo glory days of the early yeah. 2000s. A lot of those players played on the World Cup winning team. Some of them, you know, pushed to go on and have glorious careers, amazing careers. Atalanta is doing the same thing, but smarter. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But I want to keep going with the Vegas thing for a minute. The juxtaposition of Las Vegas and Bergamo, where Atalanta is based, You know, it's for those that don't know, it's just north of Milano in the Lombardy region of Italy. Compound that with the world's gaming desert, if you will. (laughs) Um, You know, so how do you bring such a small provincial side that made huge strides to the game in a major media market that is Las Vegas? Hmm. Well, I I think I think the the
1: bigger thing is because Las Vegas, yes, like you said, is a desert and it's also a culture desert as well. Like, you know, I'm really jealous of, of all of you on the East Coast, you know, in, in Philly, in New York, in Toronto, where there's, you know, heavy Italian. Like, when the mob left, the Italians left Vegas. Like, let's, let's, let's
0: make it real. Yeah, you know, right? that, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the stain that, it's it's yep. the elephant in the room that I, I, like, never, ever want to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you're right. But that's it, the it's thing. It's, like, it's a stain that, unfortunately, lingers and will yep. linger for history.
1: Yeah, but there is no there's no, there's not a huge Calcio community out here. Um, you know, we had we had one Lazio fan and and it, it's just it's just hard to connect. So for me, it's about well, because it's Lazio. Let's put the context. Yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because, you know, you know, if, if my sister asked me one day and she said, you know, I'm, I'm telling her about how the podcast is going and, and you know, talking uh, about Atalanta with her because, you know, she she's a casual. She casually watches it. Um, she was never as into it as I was. And um, so she's like, I have a question for you. Would you ever sit down and have lunch with a UVA supporter? And I said, well, of course I would. Like, you're talking about here? Like, of course I would. And she's like, what about in Italy? I was like, mm, on like match day? And like, no, <laughs> you know, like it, 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 it's it's one of those things where I think for me, Atalanta aside, right? Like what, what I do with with the Atalanta pod with my with my partner, Nick, who's actually in North Carolina, and what I do with my Twitter page, it's more about bringing more of a collective conscience about culture to the West, which I think on the East, is, it's definitely growing uh, or it has a really, really good base already. Um, but it's about there's also a different point of view, I feel like uh, culturally between the East and the West. Like if you look at if you look at the way that I, I, I do my my Twitter page, it's pretty it's pretty West Coast, it's pretty relaxed. It, it's, it, has, it has some depth there, but it's a little funnier, you know? And so I, I think that that's a, a ticket to make calcio more popular in the Southwest of the United States, right? Where so much of the soccer is about Liga MX, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because of the heavy Hispanic influence uh, in, in the Southwest of the country, you know? So uh, to me, that's more important. I'm putting my team out there because I love my team. I love interacting with people who love my team and even people who don't love my team, but love culture. But I wanna make sure that we're represented, especially in the American culture community in the West
0: as well. For sure. I mean, it's such an important thing because again, it's a small team Mm -hmm. that you're doing so much by just that alone. Even Something as simple as Twitter, like that's the thing is that more and more people talking about them You know, when I explain Atalanta to people, it's like this is the team that almost took down the PSG Giants Mm -hmm. in Champions League. Yeah. Like their first season (laughs) in Champions League. Yeah. Come on. Come on now. Mm -hmm. And this is after they lost their best player. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, this is stuff we're going to go into today, but they are a team that look, I cheer for a major team in the Lombardy region. AC Mm -hmm. Milan is my club. Mm -hmm. I have no ties to Northern Italy. But there's something about your team that just – it gives me a smile. Not when I'm playing them, but, you know, all the other games of the year. It's like, oh, I want them to succeed. I want them to keep succeeding. I want that team to keep going well. I want fans like you to feel even more – as you can now feel even more important than the the, the fans of Juve or Milan or Inter, even Napoli to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, Because at least Napoli has Diego – arguably the greatest ever Mm -hmm. he's you know and some of the best players of the modern game in Italy have come from them there's a lot to cheer for with Napoli yeah Atalanta is a different story so you founded your organization Las Vegas Atalanta group in 2018 so how do you convince people that have so much to choose from to support your team Mm. well I,
1: I remember in the very beginning, like, first of all, the truth of the matter is they're also buying me as a person, right? So why, why does Dan like Atalanta, right? Obviously, I have a connection to it. Um, but how, how do I sell it, right? Which is, which is kind of like your question. I could easily say just turn on the TV and watch them, right? And I think that that's, that's good, but there's way more context behind what's what's going on tell them a little bit about the history you have to understand this. this is a yo-yo team we're the queen of the province um being called provincial in italy which we still get called all the time i mean i don't care right i mean i've seen some some hip hip farmers like don't even worry about it right it's if being provincial means you're smart with your money and your club then i'll i'll you know call me farmer dan right? But it's to, it's to talk about a lot about like what the club means to the city. There's been a lot of great productions lately that have shown, highlighted the connection between Bergamo and Atalanta, right? And you know, Bergamo is Atalanta and Atalanta is Bergamo. You know, the truth of the matter is that my family, you know, it, it, a little bit of a background into the city. It's like my, I have my city family and my country family, right? Yeah. It's And, and, and the people who are in the city of Bergamo, it's 100% full stop, hands down, you're not gonna fan, done, right? But if you live outside, you got your Milan, your Inter supporters as well, right? So my dad, my, my immediate family was from the outskirts, you know, not necessarily from the outskirts. I mean, as the, as the you know, he could, it was probably like 10 miles from the stadium, but it's like considered the outskirts uh, at that time because Bergamo was so small, right? 120,000 people live in the city, about a million people live in the province, tiny, right? But my dad was strange in that he he loved he always loved an underdog and he loved a small team. Right. And that was Atalanta and it represented who he was. So the people who like Atalanta are, are people who like underdogs, people who like, you know, punch like teams that punch above their own weight, who do it differently. Um, and I think it's a pretty easy sell. Um, you know, and, and even the city of Bergamo is actually beautiful. If you go there, there's Città Alta, Città Bassa. It's a gorgeous place. There's good food. It's becoming, you know, e- it's really easy to get to from Europe. Anywhere in Europe now, you can fly into in, into into Orio um, Airport. And it's, you know, and if even it's cheaper than flying into Malpensa in Milan. And it's so close to Milan, right? Okay. So there's a lot to like about Atalanta, I think. I, I think it's kind of like a, a little bit, of, it used to be like a hipster choice in the early, either like, if, hey, let me tell you about this club. Here's, here's here's how you get your hipster street cred, right? Watch Atalanta play. Look at their high press. Look at the way that they do, do things with their wing backs. You think three at the back means you're a defensive club? Uh-uh. You know, watch watch Papu Gomez, you know? You know, watch, you know, that first season, that 2016, 2017 season, there were guys that nobody knew. Andrea Conti, Roberto Gagliardini, you know, Leo Spinazzola, Frank Kesey, you know all these youngsters that that came up that nobody knew who they were Andrea Petania for you know for goodness sake so it's pretty easy to sell Atalanta to people who like to feel like they're in the know right and then once you're there you're in love you can't you can't you can't leave the goddess
0: you can't leave the god yeah i you know it's it's a funny thing that you say this because a lot of it echoes how I've just witnessed people over the years and, you know, it's been hard selling city up in America. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I feel like we have a fun league. I think it's just very cool to not like Italian soccer and the way the Italians play. I get that, you know, now that's changing. That dynamic is changing. And Atalanta is sort of like what Tottenham Hotspur were five, six years ago. Actually, no longer than that because at time. I have no concept of time anymore. The the Gareth Bale era yeah. began that with Tottenham because you had then Luka Modric, you had even Robbie Keane played for them, uh, and people were like, oh, wow, this is a fun team, this other London side. I don't have to cheer for Chelsea and I don't have to cheer for Arsenal. There's 50 other teams in London, but this one's doing pretty good and they've got some studs. Atalanta's like that, but on a much smaller scale. And and so it reminds you of Spurs a decade ago now at this point, but that fan base stayed with Spurs. Do you think now that once, as you said, we're living in the golden era of Atalanta now, they they could do something at any moment. As we know, the City of race this year is blown wide open. Sure. Anything can happen. Even anything can happen in Champions League for them should they qualify next year. We saw them push PSG to the brink. They made Neymar sweat, which isn't difficult, but they made him do it. Um, do you think that, you know, it's going to take a title for that fan base to grow bigger and stick around? Or is this or what happens like once Gasparini, Gasparini decides to leave?
1: That's a, that's, a, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, and and I, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. Would a would a trophy help? Yeah, I mean, I would like to see a trophy beyond the 1963 Copa Italia and like a handful of Serie B titles and you know primavera titles almost every year. I mean, that that's another that's another story, right? Uh, not so much this year. But uh, I think that first of all, it starts with Serie A, right? And I think more and more if you want to talk about Americans, even around the world, like now I'm, I'm seeing there's like a Atalanta Japan fan clubs, Atalanta India fan clubs, uh, Indonesia, you know. Uh, it, I think that that once people are able to consume a product and the product is good, and Serie A is, is a fantastic product and now with streaming services all over the world, I don't know if the success is going to be necessary, like, Maybe if they go to Serie B and they can't watch them, they won't be the fans. But what it's about getting that access right away and being able to follow your club. So for a lot of these new newer fans, it's like unless they're just do you really just flip flop and just switch the teams that you support? I I know I don't. I mean I support teams from all o- all over the world. That you know you, you figure out oh I like this team in this country because of X Y Z. Right? You interview a lot of people and that's kind of you know what what it is like oh I. I Atalanta is my number one club. It's my ride or die, but I support West Ham in England or, or you know, I support Pumas in Mexico, like because of so many reasons. Once you establish that bond to the club and you have the ability to see them and to remain connected, I think that if they if they if they lose their glory days, Gasparini goes, we become like a mid table club or we become a yo-yo club. We won't be. We won't grow the fan base, but I think the fans that that arrive will stay, um, that's because cool. that's their Seriat club.
0: I would hope so, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I would hope so. You know, I, yes. I kind of people are fickle when it comes to teams. Yeah. You know, and that's what's and you know and as I said, that dark alley of Twitter uh, and people will like sort of bully others into not liking a team anymore after they don't do well. Well, it's like, well, you know, there's other city odd teams to choose from. Or name me five players playing it for Venice that you love their Jersey so much. You know, it's like, you see a lot of that. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of, it's a lot of aggravate and it turns people off, you know, but they yeah. do it with other leagues. I'm just using city odd as an example, yeah. it happens everywhere else. Um, more importantly on this is, is that, as you said, 40 years of fandom Mm -hmm. and again it's happening the the, the fruit is being ripe you know and it's and it's delicious to see because it's delicious soccer what's it like for you as a fan to see this small david take on these major goliaths for the first time
1: it it, it, i almost especially like the first couple of seasons i didn't know what to do The, the the you know when we were in the champions league like, I was really torn, you know? It's really hard for us who have t- supported Atalanta for a long time because everything that we talked about with the fans, new fans coming on, like, that's fantastic. But also for us who have been there since like the beginning of our lives, who, have been, who remember being in Serie Chi, you know, and, and going being in Serie B and yo-yoing up and down, you always want to question growth like this and the money and all that that type of stuff but it's really good man it, it's it's really nice to be relevant right it it, it like i'm not gonna lie like why it, it's great to be on a on a podcast like yours or other other culture people's podcasts i get to talk about atalanta i would never get to talk about atalanta if they weren't successful so for me personally other than seeing the success of my beloved team you know, and this—it's bringing success to my dad's, you know, hometown and, and being on the map, right? Like, I get, to, I get to do this. I get to talk. I get to talk soccer. I get to talk about Atalanta and people know who I'm talking about. I was in Cincinnati a couple months ago, I think in October, and I was wearing a duvan Zapata top, right? And a guy's like, "Whoa, you don't see Atalanta tops very often. I was like, nobody would have known that a couple of years ago. Nobody would have would have even commented. Would they be like, "Hey, is that Inter Milan, dude?" You know that that's, how, right. that, that that's how it used to be. Right. So like, it's just it's so great, and you know, I'm gonna ride this wave as, as long as I can. Um, you know, and and it would be great to be able to tell the children one day when I'm really really old about the glory. Like, I don't have any kids of my own, so it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be like my 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 grand nieces and nephews, and being like, oh, and you know, in in the in the 2020s. Ooh, Ledaia, they were real good. They had this guy Gasparini. He looked like Elmer Fudd, and he was a feisty one. You know, I, I, I'm not taking any of it for granted, though, because it's. I know that it it may go back to the way it was, but I'm actually not sure, right. because they're you're, They are a really smart club, and there's things that are happening, and there's progression there that even maybe even post Gasparini there could be a lot of
0: success. Um, you really? You lead me right into my next question here. Uh, my dear friend Carlo Gaganesi of the Italian football podcast mm-hmm. describes Atalanta the best. He says they are, quote, pound for pound, the best run team in all of football, end quote. It's it's you can't argue that. So even if Gasperini decides to say, Chibidiamo, I'm done. And he's out of there at the end of the season or in two years or whatever, his contract runs out and chooses not to expire. Do you think this the club is set up now, almost like the way when Conte left Inter, that Inzaghi comes in, picks up the reins, gives it a little bit of his characteristics, but continues on with that mentality because that mentality is there now. Do you think that that happens going forward with this team?
1: Whoever is the next coach, that's going to be the deciding factor. If it's Ivan Juric, then yes. That's going to happen. I mean, we all know that Eurich is a Gasparini disciple. He's he did great things at Hellas Verona. He's doing a fantastic job at Torino, and Atalanta doesn't pay their players a huge salary. That's one of the reasons, probably, we had to let Robin Gosens go, right? But they pay Gasparini really well. So there's a there's a history of paying coaches well at Atalanta and valuing that. So you know, in the past, you would never see. A coach from Torino who was really successful go to Atalanta, but now you could see that happen, um, and that feels good too. Like we're getting some really good young players, uh, not just from all over the world, but from Italy as well. You know, it's like we're now in the pecking order. As long as they're not demanding four and a half million euro a year, we can get great players. I think if you look, so Atalanta is one of four teams right now in Serie A who owns their own stadium,
0: mm-hmm. so.
1: Juve, Udinese, Sassuolo, Natalata, right? And we know the pains that all the Roman clubs, the Milan clubs have gone through, Fiorentina trying to get their own stadium, the great revenue that's there, right? It hurts a little bit, it, it's taken like, it's gonna take three years to finish to give this uh, stadium. And there's a freaking Burger King at it. So, I mean, that's, that's the pains of growth. There's a Burger King at Atlanta stadium. At, hey, at, look,
0: man, at least you're getting a new stadium that has, you can make the <laughs> argument for Burger King, not being there. I'm still like, Hey, San Siro, can we get working toilets? Um, <laughs> right, exactly.
1: <laughs> but you're right. I mean, pound for pound, we are the best run club in the world, except we're a little skinny. That's that's the only thing. Right. And so, there's a lot of things that me as a fan as a the fan would like to see. and and at, part of it is, it is I'm torn with the success, right? because you know, we don't pay huge transfer fees for players, right? Our biggest signing is still Duva Zapata, and I think we paid 25, 27 million for him, right? We don't pay these guys more than two million euro. yeah like, Robin Goston was only making eight hundred thousand right right? so we 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 work smart, but Eventually, if you want to win trophies, there's no there's no correlation between how much you pay on transfer fees and winning. But there's a huge correlation between how much salary you pay and winning. Right. Right. So if if if, if winning equals success, like if winning trophies equals success, and that's the only thing that sustains us going forward, making it into the Champions League or at least the Europa League. Right. Then we might be in trouble. It might not be a, such a sustainable model. Uh I just, sometimes I wonder what we do with all that money that we made.
0: Well, that's the thing I was going to ask too, because, you know, Champions League, you make a nice little purse, yes. just qualifying. And yes. the further you go, that purse increases. You know, I sit here and I say to myself, you've seen this team lose star players over the last couple of years and do just fine. Papu yes. Gomez leaves, Simon Guerre yes. leaves, Frank Kasse, as you said, uh, Gosen's just left. And it doesn't phase this team. They only yes. get stronger.
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's a remarkable thing, but there's going to be a point where you're going to need reinforcements. Now, there is a smart way that you can go about doing this. This is just you and I playing Monday morning quarterback now. But there's a number of wonderful veteran players that Uh are available for free transfer. Uh Carlos Tevez being one. I don't know by the time this podcast airs, he may actually be on a team. Um, The same goes for Diego Costa. You know, We see Sampdoria looking to sign Giovinco on free transfer. I know those are sexy names on the back of a jersey. They may be long past their prime, but it worked for Juve years ago, and it led them to two Champions League finals on these free transfers. Is this something that you as a fan want, or is that the anti-Atalanta stance, taking guys way past their prime just because they're cheap? I
1: think it depends on who the player is because,
0: ah, okay. you know, but first of all, I just don't think, honestly, Sal, I just
1: don't think it works with our model because when you, when you, when you have no transfer fee, it's salaries are high, especially with agents. Right. And that's usually like, we could afford 30, 35 million transfer. Like that's not a problem for us. We have the money in the coffers. It's, it's the salary. And then it's with Gasperini, he needs to be in control. We saw what happened with Papu Gomez. Right. And he's a Papu Gomez is a small man and he got too big for his little britches. And that you know, Farkassi's made a stand and said, Nope, Gasparini's Gasparini is is, is God here. You're 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 one of the supporting angels. You know, Papu, and you know what happens when it, when an angel mounts off, it gets cast out in the fiery and goes and goes down to hell or Sevilla. It's Look, just Sevilla. As hot. Look, and there are worse places to be. You know? <laughs> I mean it's just as hot in Sevilla in the summer, you okay. know. So but I just don't know if that's going to work with, with Gus Bidini. um, out of all the, uh, out of the three names that you, that you put out there, I was like, Carlos Tevis all day, man. I would take that guy. that the Apache, come on. I mean, he would be, he would be a legend,
0: right? My man, like I would look, I think, Diego Costa could fit into any team in City. Yeah, I know uh, Selena was interested in him, but he failed. Is it medical? Like they said he yeah. was out of shape or something. Yeah. And I sit here and say to myself, you are not in a position to be arguing whether or not this guy is out of shape. He is a shark in the water. Go for him. Yeah. But yeah. Tevez is – he is in a league with Ibrahimovic. He's in uh-huh. a league with um, – I think it's just really just him and Ibra honestly uh maybe you can you can argue maybe buffon but where these guys will play until they're a thousand years old and right. i and and they will still be good and still be deciders um i yeah, i just wanted to see your take on that because that was the interesting thing that i i felt that like since the exposure is there you can theoretically get a name or a name past their prime name but yeah. one that an interested person enough that a Tevez could yeah sure i'll go
1: yeah, it's funny because I think I think some of those guys could help us win something, whether it's even like the Coppa Italia or push to the Europa League this year. But, you know, I just, Atalanta would never spend that kind of money without being able to make a return, right? So you talk about the draw because, you know, people know that if you go to Atalanta and you make it through Gasparini's, you know, rigid training and, and you start to play, you'll get to play in the Champions League people want you because in the beginning, remember when, when, when players transferred out and they flopped the Caldaras, the Contis for a while, the Cristante, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it was like, Oh, it's Gasparini fool's gold. Like he, they only play good with their system, but then time goes on. They see okay, like Mancini and Cristante are playing well over there. Spinazzola's a stud, like all this, other, all this other stuff. Kessie is still great. Yeah. So I think, I think that they're, they just, are so stick to their guns that they would never do something like that. Take Tayan mm-hmm. Um we got from Azed Alkmaar, right? Amazing, amazing central midfielder. He was the captain of Azed Alkmaar at 23 years old, right? We get him for $12 million. Insanity. In- insanity. He, I mean, he's already he's already cracked the start of the rotation, which is not easy. He, and he came in saying, you know, it's probably going to take me time until I get to start, you know. Come on, Sam Cooper miners, definitely a one for the future. In a couple of years, we'll sell them for 45, 50 million. Right. Easy. And and we'll 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 make 30, you know, 30 mil plus Valenza right, right off the bat. You know, and he's his wages less than a million. You know, wow. that's what Atalanta does. And and but your question is so good because is it what takes Atalanta to the next step? Because improvement now, right? So if we improved on where we were last year, we finished third. We should have finished second. I can't believe we left the Milan. We got to take a dump to Milan now? Come on. I
0: mean, but. look, the thing is, is that <laughs> every game Milan plays this season, every game, yeah, and I've got into being like, we're losing. We are losing. Yeah. Yeah. And then they turn around and do something that surprises me. And
1: I'll never count them out this year. Never.
0: I, and it's a weird thing because with so many injuries, plus COVID, plus international, plus, 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 plus. We should be, I don't know, 10th place? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing on paper, like, this yeah. on paper, this game doesn't make sense to me because when you look at it, it's like, you should be 10th place, banter error returns, everything was a fluke, speaking of fool's gold. Yeah. Not the case this season. Mm-mm. They're really pushing forward. Pioli's got a beautiful mindset, but they're showing no fear against these these giants, and Atalanta now is a giant. Let's put the yeah. cards on the table. They're a giant now. They're, yeah. they're a big, scary team, um, and they're the little engine that could, and it's doing so remarkable. Mm-hmm. When you play an informed team now, like an Inter, like a Juve, like an AC Milan, and I speak Juve now in post, Dusan Vlaovic signing, not you know from earlier the season, but. When you play the team like Napoli, even Lazio, do you go in now super confident that the opposite of how I go into these games now, basically like, you know what? No, we got this. This is Cruz. It's going to be a battle, but this is how we win against these teams. Like, do you feel like super confident? And what is that like to feel that confidence for the first time, if it's there, because for a long time, it hasn't been.
1: Well, I, I probably still have PTSD from all the from all the losing years. And you talk about your Milan Banzer
0: era. That was our whole
1: existence. I mean, we had we had a full team of Kevin Constance. Not really, but I mean that that was the level of performance, right? And that was to be expected. So, you know, I've been doing my podcast for like four seasons now, right? And, you know, lately, especially the last couple of seasons, ever since I started doing it with Nick, when we do match previews, we always say, So what's your what's your batch score prediction? And more often than not, even with these big clubs. I can predict like either a draw or a win. Right. It really depends on the form of the team who's playing these days. You never know who's going to have COVID or not. Right. You know, right. it's like we had, we were missing all these players against inter. We still, we still drew. and had a great match. Probably one of the best nil nils we've I've ever seen in my life. I agree you know? <laughs> as a
0: neutral, as a neutral, that was a full on party. My yeah. wife was like, you're screaming at the TV. What was the score? I said zero, zero. And she throws her hands in the air going like,
1: no, yeah, my dad says it's at zero zero is the perfect game. Nobody made a mistake. Yeah. You know? And uh and then of course then we had even less players against Lazio. and it it was nil-nil, which was amazing. We had primavera guys on the bench, we had one non-primavera person on the bench, and then we have a full fully healthy squad and we we you know crapped the bed against Cagliari. So yeah it's 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 a mixed bag this year because I was really uh, honestly, Sal, I, I was said that if we went into winter break six points or less, like below the the leader, we could make a push for the cadets because we're a second half team. But it's not looking like that this year. We ended up four points better than we ever have after the end of the first half of the season. But it's not looking like it's going to happen. So long way around to say, yes, there's confidence there um that we that we can win. And I say that on the podcast, but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't feel it. I feel very, very, I feel like an imposter. Like it's an imposter syndrome. Me saying, yeah, you know, we're, we're playing Inter away. I think we should come away with a 3-1 victory. You know, you know, Lautaro will score first, but we'll come back. And Toloy always scores, so he'll score one. Dubon will score one. You know, I say stuff like that. And I, I intellectually believe that but the truth of the matter is it's still it's going to take a lot of time for me to truly believe that we are that good you know like because it's still a dream you I almost don't want to ever really believe it you know because then it becomes normal you know like <laughs> oh wow yeah right like- i don't know it's, it, you didn't you asked me a question about my soccer team and I gave you a whole existential crisis
0: so hey man <laughs> hey man you're talking to an Italian in New York I live nothing but an existential crisis pal so it's okay <laughs> um it's quite all right uh I get that and that's what this podcast is for um it's because it I want also people to listen like hey if you're feeling this too about your team it's yes. normal yeah it totally is You know, what's and it doesn't matter big or small. The interesting thing about Atalanta and what I do love about it, and again, this they're sort of the perfect microcosm of this sport. Because of the fact that and you had touched on it earlier when you said, Oh, it's nice to see Italian youth in there now, and we're starting to put that. But this is a global team. Mm You got players representing every continent Mm -hmm. that is eligible to play. And it's beautiful. I remember being in Colombia in 2019 early 2019 and talking to a colombian cab driver about soccer because it's on everywhere every league imaginable everywhere Mm -hmm. i turned around in Cartagena, colombia there's some game being played and Mm -hmm. from every league at every division and it was amazing but we were talking about colombian soccer in the car and players you know that were playing in italy and i had mentioned zapata and immediately he said, "Oh, uh, you must be talking about uh, Christian." I said, "No, actually, Duvon's the one doing really well now." And he sort of like got like really excited that you know Colombia was being represented in Italy, mm-hmm. but that the others are because pot- immediately everyone thinks the guy from Milan when mm-hmm. when his cousin was playing for AC Milan. Yeah. But when I said Atal, he knew Atalanta right away. And immediately it was just like, oh, he's like a lot of people don't know that team, they don't know him, and he was super excited to hear that an American knew of this other Colombian player from a smaller team. But it's the idea that the best advertising is sort of just how they're finding the best talent yeah. everywhere in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so on on one of the last episodes of our pod, we were talking about Jeremy Boga. Right, and you know we, we're paying a, probably about 18 million from Sassuolo for him. So it's a, it's a pretty good deal, right? And Boga has it has all the talent and is, is highly highly inconsistent, right? So I think I think most people say that it's a great signing for Atalanta that under Gasparini, Jeremy Boga is going to be a beast, and he fills he fills a void that we haven't had that of, of like a pacey a pacey forward. We just we just don't have that. We're missing that. But Duvan was, was similar, right? So he was at Sampdoria at the time. And I remember we were playing against Sampdoria and he scored an amazing goal against us. He basically outmuscled, I think it was Andrea Mazziello, which isn't hard to do these days, um, <laughs> on, on, on the right-hand side and just kind of drove toward the goal and scored from a wicked angle. And I was like, who the hell is that? That's Duvan Zapata. Oh, yeah, he used to play at Napoli. Oh, man, he had like, what, like 10 goals? I haven't heard of him in a while. And then we go out and we 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 pay 27 million for Duvan Zapata. And I'm thinking to myself, 27 million for Duvan Zapata. I mean, this guy is he's a beast, he's like a bull, but he's so inconsistent. Luis Moriel, have been yeah, other Colombians. That was exactly, yeah. Right. Even even it's probably even better comparison to Jeremy Boga, because similar price, right? So Atalanta does take chances and spend quite a bit of money taking that. i mean for us that's a lot of money to take those chances um you know we do the 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 high risk uh, low risk high reward mm-hmm. signings the la robin Gosens for 800,000 euros from heracles you know the han hattabor for 1 million from groningen right. you know it, turning into that but then we we do take some chances so it's just it's just really interesting the progression of IQ, uh of Atalanta, right? And what they're going what they're going to to be in the future. Because if they're going to stay up there with the bigs, can they stay up there with the bigs and still behave the way
0: still play moneyball? Right, that's the thing they're playing soccer moneyball. You yeah. know, it's it's the Brad yeah. Pitt movie just yeah. with feet. Yeah. Um you know, do you think also that Atalanta is now in a position where okay, on the field they again we discussed going back to Carlo's uh, quote, pound for pound, the best run team in the world on the field, off the field though, should they be doing more to connect with fans in Colombia? Should they be doing more to connect with fans around the world where they signing big players uh, or they're signing players from outside of Italy and maybe developing social media accounts for them and in, in the language in which they want that player is from, and they want to appeal and get that fan base because fans equal money, money equals revenue, revenue equals continued yeah. growth. That's yeah. the theory in a perfect world.
1: Yeah.
0: People sometimes don't see the forest behind beyond the trees. Um, do you think a team like Atalanta is even equipped to do that? And is that in their wheelhouse or not in their style? Because I don't even see them have an Italian social media presence, let alone a global yeah. one. Yeah, you know, they started, they, they definitely started, you know, putting subtitles on their
1: interviews in English and they tweet in English as well. They don't have a separate English account. They definitely don't do things like that. Like everything that you see is, is fan based. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's that's a great question. I don't, I don't criticize a lot of things about my club. Of course. Um, this could hamper their growth if they don't get on it. Um, it's I don't think it's a hard or an expensive thing to do. So the fact that they haven't done it probably means, because Percasi is a businessman first and foremost, right? It just so happens that he's also from Bergamo and he loves Atalanta, so it all works out really, really well. But I want to say, if you want to talk about a team that pushes the envelope, that, you know, tactically on the field and all that kind of stuff, this is a little bit on the field and off the field. They don't even have a a feminile. Squad in Serie A.
0: Right. That's, I forgot about that. That's absolutely right. Of course. And And I I don't, I need that now. And and I don't, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, a couple of seasons ago, we had Atalanta Mozzanica, which was, there's a a club called Mozzanica in in Bergamo and Atalanta and them kind of combined. And then Mozzanica had like, I don't know, some financial troubles and Atalanta was just like, we're done. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're not going to have a Serie A team, a Femenila team next year, but I'm sure we'll have nothing. This was like three years ago. And so part of what I said when I said, what are we doing with all the money? And I I know we, so obviously our our academy is famous at Zingonia for, you know, youth players. We get tons of youth players. I mean, Dejan Kulicevsky, Ahmad D'Alaia. I mean, I know he was Italian, but there's from, you know, Brie McCauley. We get youth players from all over the world, right? We also have, you know, uh, girls teams, right? Like the uh, under 16s, they're very successful, right? So I, I, I think that before we reach out and try and get fans, we need we need to, you, to be current. We're not even pushing the boundaries. Right now, we're dinosaurs, not having a, a women's club but with a men's club that is that successful. Uh, I find that to be the most annoying thing about my club, and I don't know why that is the case. Um, and so I think they really need to fix that first. Um, because we all know that that's 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 what we should be doing. I mean, you look you look at the, the women's leagues all over the world in Northern Europe, in the, in the United States, North America. This is what should be happening. If you're a progressive club, it's not even about being progressive anymore. It's just doing the right thing. And I think Atalanta, right. Atalanta is Atalanta's not doing the right thing, and that actually hurts my feelings. You know, when I think about like my niece, if she's playing soccer, I would want my niece to play for Atalanta one day if that was possible. I can't even dream about that. Uh, you know, and that's to me, that hurts my feelings. So
0: it's the, so a lot has been done, but there's still so much more. Always, always, always. And it's, and no matter how successful this club is, they can never really fully reach the pinnacle unless mm-hmm. they start doing the things that are right. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh
0: man, like I, I completely forgot in space that they don't have a women's team. I completely spaced yeah. on that. Cause it's yeah. just to me, it's like it's almost sort of like at this point in 2022, it's not only is yeah. it a no-brainer, you just, it's that assumption yeah. that, like, yeah, everyone's got one now. And they should have been there for a long time. They should have been there, and it should have been part of the discussion for for a longer yeah. set yeah. Yeah. than it has been, you know, more now in the last five years or so, four or five years. Uh, the feminile teams have really taken headlines, which is wonderful. But it should have been there for a, way longer than that.
1: We should and, have been founding members. If Sassuolo can do it and build a competitive right. team, we should we should be able to do it. it- it's great. Somebody's got to knock Juve off the top of that. And if we're not contributing to knocking Juve, like right. they don't need any, they don't need any more trophies, you know. So like, please. That at so the very the least really- should
0: be the catalyst for everybody in Italy doing something. Yes, yes. please not to knock the UV fans this is you know but you won too much um, you won too much you have won too much one thing though that right before we head off into my favorite part of the podcast um i want to just talk about something real quick uh which is the tiny but mightiness of atalanta which we've been talking about this entire time but this century mm-hmm. alone in the 21st century I Just, I went down the list to start looking at some of the past Atalanta players, <laughs> and my head kind of detached from itself. My the rest of my body because you had at one point Bobo Vieri, Giampaolo Pazzini, mm-hmm. both in brothers, mm-hmm. those just are just, just, just four guys in itself, just right there. You know, do you feel even with those big names? And yes, you can argue, all right, Pazzini was that was his very first club, but he became a a bummer in every yeah. sense of the word. Um, both Nzaghi brothers, you know, do you feel that the club, despite their beautiful talent, and Bobo Vieri, when he signed with them, was a huge name at this mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. that they never got the attention that they deserved?
1: I think absolutely It in in this, right? So I have the perspective of, you know, more than just growing up in America, I also grew up in the Philippines and it was impossible to consume Serie A, right? There just wasn't. And even in, in the United States, it was very difficult. Like you'd have to have rye, you know? And so the problem is in Italy, everybody knows Atalanta. Everybody knows Atalanta fans too, right? Like, you know, I, what, what, there was that movie on Netflix uh, that, with the, the Napoli Ultras and they were talking about Festa della Dea and how the Atalanta guys were so crazy. And yes. they're like, man, we can't even understand what they're saying with their crazy access, but those guys are scary. And these are Napoli ultras, right? Like talking, anyways. So Atalanta is well-known within Italy, right? Like, you know, even an uneducated soccer fan in Italy knows about Atalanta and where they're from. The I problem- think the name of that
0: movie was Ultras, if I'm not mistaken. Was it? Was it? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a great film. And the yeah. fact that they mentioned that the last minute, uh, and I was watching, I was like, that, that is so funny. And the fact they couldn't understand because they're crazy accents. Even I have a hard time understanding their crazy accents, I'll be honest with you. And uh, and so I lost my train of thought. I'm just thinking about Sorry, how crazy my, my, the my... Northern accents are. But uh, the, the issue really is that like, they're not going to get any notoriety from it because nobody gets to see them unless they're playing a big. Right now is a co- just a completely different story, right? Mm-hmm. I even remember I was reflecting on it the other day, and watching a game. But it, this was like maybe five years ago when we Serie A in the United States was still shown on B in Sports. Mm-hmm. And then when you got the app, you could now do B in Sports three, four, all the way to the Ocho, right? And on the Ocho, Atalanta was always playing on the Ocho, and there was no commentator. Right. There was no commentator on it and I loved it, right? I love not having a commentator because I could just hear the crowd. I could I could ima- imagine that I was there, but how far have we come here now? Like I, you know, and, and honestly, our coverage here in the United States is better than so many countries, like even like England for, for cultural, cultural lovers who live you know, in England, they, it's hard for them to consume it. They didn't get the notoriety because of just the way that how, how difficult it was to obtain the product, right? So I just don't see that as being a problem. And I understand why they didn't get notoriety. In the 90s, they had probably, you know, even even greater players. For sure. They they had Claudio Canigia. You know, they had Evair from Palmeiras. You had Glenn Stromberg. I mean, he had the. He's a, he's like the biggest club legend ever. He's like a freaking Viking with a mane. Of his
0: hair. <laughs> you're pace. You know? As soon as you did this, when you're so you obviously <laughs> this is an audio podcast. You can't see what Dan and I are doing, but um, Dan did a motion like almost like uh, his hands are hovering over his ears, and I'm like, oh right, He Man. He looked like He Man. This guy, yes, and that was just yeah. to signify blonde hair. When you have two yeah. Italians on a podcast, yeah, this yeah. Is what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't feel bad about not being known, um, because for a long time it was kind of cool, you know. I get it. Uh, it's it's just hard now, man. Like the transition into being successful, it's like you don't want the streets to forget, you know, kind of thing.
0: You nailed on that line right there, man. Like that's how I felt about Palermo and their golden yeah. era. Yeah, and because I asked that question because people forget. Luca Toni and Fabio Grosso played for Palermo. People forget, yes. you know, obviously Di Bala came from there, but they were in City B. It was a different, you know, and Belotti. When you look at that team, that mm-hmm. you know, the Pioli, Gattuso, uh, oh, that they, they had, had for, yeah, Pioli had them for like an hour. Gattuso yeah. had them for two hours and then that was it. But uh, rest in peace, uh, Zamparini. But you had just so many amazing players there and people forget about it and that team now as we know is in the doldrums and they're trying to build back and it's difficult and it's hard and it's sad um and atalanta has done more in europe than palermo did but there's a lot of parallels because of the fact that like it was a breeding ground for this Mm -hmm. phenomenal talent prior to their success then their success happens and everyone sort of has forgotten yeah I kind of don't want to see that happen again. I don't want to see Atalanta be forgotten. And again, I'm not a fan, so I can only yeah. imagine how you feel.
1: I just, I just think the model is much more sustainable with Atalanta than it was. I mean, Damparini, rest in peace. What was a very interesting, interesting president, right? An owner, you know. So I think Prakasi kind of has has the new school model. But like I said, it's kind of annoying because he runs it like a like a like a business. I am because I'm a fan. I think that that football clubs like, OK, you need to stay in the you know, you can't go in the red, but you got to run it like a nonprofit. Every single dollar that you make in this club, you put back into the club. I don't care if that's, you know, the academy, the stadium, get a freaking women's team, you know, and I, I don't know. Maybe they are. I, I, I'm i not an expert. Right. I, I read the same Swiss, Swiss ramble data on Twitter that everybody else. Reads, oh, God, we made a lot of money through the pandemic. Look it up right that's not my forte i'm not going to pretend like i know that i'm just an educated fan right but i think atalanta's model is, is is sustainable um because i think also that that other clubs are looking at what atalanta is doing and even big clubs and and being like hmm i mean look what happened to barcelona mm-hmm. you know it it, it it was it was terrible it was terrible to see to see that happen and i don't know how clubs, some clubs can spend bajillions of dollars. And some clubs, all, I don't understand the business of it. There's, it's, right. it's, just, it's just too ridiculous. All I know is we're not spending that kind of money. We're not paying our players that kind of money. And there's probably a lot of, of club owners and club presidents who are like, well, I kind of, I kind of, you know, we can buy their players right now, but that model is nice and sustainable. And they're actually making money and putting out a good product and on a wage bill of, uh, you know, uh, a top ranked championship side in England. So it could happen, but I think it's going to be a slow burn. You know, people have counted us out every single year. It's all about, oh, the magic of La Dea is over. The magic is gone. I'm like, what magic? What magic are you talking about? That's hard work and smarts. That's great scouting. That's great coaching. You know, that, that that's great business. Eventually, we're going to have an offseason, but the most important thing is that we get ourselves to a spot where if we don't make the Champions League or we don't make the Europa League, it's not the end of the world. That is what I felt like two years ago was if we don't finish in the top four, our money stream is gone. And I think that that's not the case anymore.
0: Now time for a coffee break. Curva Mundial
1: is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere
0: in the world from ModCup.com. ModCup, drink modern coffee. Use code Mundial for 10% off your first order. You know the rules at this point, but ask them to everybody. Yep. Question number one, if you could bring back one retired player to your club, former player, alive or dead, who would it be and why?
1: Glenn Stromberg, the hare.
0: <laughs> uh, the Easily, because
1: he, he, he was a club legend, just a hard worker, um, really symbolized. I mean, it's funny that a Swede seems to symbolize Bergamo, um, but I would definitely bring him back. We need a hardworking uh, midfielder. Actually, could could really help. He tended to play on the right-hand side, but he would be a great backup to Remo Freuler, uh, Tancoub Miners, and Martin Darun. Uh, and he had such great hair, you know? Like, he, he was just amazing. So I would definitely bring back Glenn Stromberg, for sure.
0: All right. Uh, if your money's not an option here, if your club could sign one player today, who would it be and why? Oof.
1: try to think of, this is, this is where it's hard, right? Because I know all these players who cost a lot of money and I'm like, we can't do that. We can't do that. Like, this is a tough one. This is a very, very tough one. Can, Can I do like a, like a not. Can I ruin it by not doing like a
0: big big side? And this is your answer <laughs> to your question. I, I can't tell you if this is right or wrong. This is your fantasy, pal. Yeah. Uh there's there's a there's
1: a couple. There's a couple of players, but I think the one who I I really, really like is I like Morton Thorsby from Sumdoria. Uh, yeah. So so we were linked with him. We, we needed some extra cover in central defensive midfield because Remo Froehler and Martin Darun, especially the past couple of seasons, have just played too much. We, we call them the conjoined twins because it was right. always Derun-Froehler. And when one wasn't playing, we were screwed, right? So now at least we brought in Tancoup Miners a little bit. And, you know, Martin Darun's getting a little bit older, so it's nice that we have that. But more in doors, we bring some real steel into that midfield. As we progress in the way that Gasparini plays, more and more of our game is about the high press and shortening the field and forcing turnovers. And he's a great ball recoverer. He's good in the air, but it's not just that. So he, he, he's, a, he's, like a, he's a big like a member of this, uh, this green foundation that he runs and he, it's, it's very like socially progressive, environmentally aware. He's also a type of person who I want on my team Um, because I think he can kind of bring Atalanta to uh, the next level to bring some social awareness, those types of things. And I think that's important for a club to have somebody like him who's outspoken about good causes. So... He's a great midfielder and he's got a great cause. So I actually would want to sign Morton Thorsby as long as it's not for more than 12, 13 million. Money's not an option.
0: You could kind have of went with like, I want Mbappe's left toe. Just, no, no. no. Just one of the toes. That's it. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like I, I, I can't
1: because it's like we could sign, we could sign Killian Mbappe and he would probably make, he would probably make a splash for us, but I don't know if it would work. It was everything.
0: Well, I, you, know? I mean, you know, that's, and that's, that's the fun part of this is that, you know, everyone <laughs> thought Messi to PSG, this is yeah. getting to be the most dominant team in the history of the game yeah. Yeah. and it's, they're fine. They're fine. Like that's it. They're fine. Um, so, but this, but I like your answer for a multitude of different reasons, good player, good cause, good person. <laughs> and again, pushes that club. And also, Your fantasy is even an Atalanta fantasy wave of mindset where it's like, I still got a penny pinch. (laughs) You can have so much fun here. And you did. And you did. And I love that answer. I really do. Okay, good. Man, you really, you, you, all right. Even conservative judgment on the. uh, I I, I am an Atalanta fan, through and through. You know it. (laughs) I can't can't just open that wallet,
1: you know. Uh, That's proof
0: right there, man. That is it. You do not, that's it. You do not need to hold your head to the fire anymore. Um, and finally, what is your favorite moment as a fan? Wow, I thought I—I I, has to be
1: recently that I can like that, that I can honestly remember was that, that game down in Tussulo, where they finally qualified for the Champions League for the first time. And um, you know, so my my father passed away about eight years ago. And Brian. he he uh, he was a lot older. Like he was 46 when I was born. So he was, I always had like an old dad. So he was like my dad, my dad grandpa, you know, t- kind of thing. And um, you know, we had cultural differences because I'm pretty much an American kid because I grew up with Americans, even when we lived in the Philippines and when we lived in Los Angeles. And you know, we had an age gap and we had a culture gap. But the the one thing that bridged everything was Atalanta, right? and he never got to see this this type of success um so obviously every time i watch atalanta i can feel that it's a family thing but there was a there was a part where uh, papu was holding up like this shitty cardboard fake champions league trophy and it just had bergamo on it and the fans were going crazy and how how atalanta this was that was a home game for us but we had to play it at the mape because our stadium was under you know it was under construction right you can't you can't get any more like blue collar than that you can't even play at your home stadium (laughs) because you're doing work on the house you know kind of thing but that was a that was a tearful moment for me um it was great of course for the the team and the fans but you know it, it was it sucked that my dad wasn't there but i could feel that he was he was there you know you know what i mean so atalanta is family to me as well you know that's that's a big thing that's it's like Every sa- Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever day they're playing these days, I get to hang out with my old man. You know, and that was that was a great moment when they got they finally made it to the Champions League because I didn't think that I would ever see that in my entire life.
0: No, Dude, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, like I'm like kind of welling up with that. You know, because it's, yeah. it's like it's a special thing, man. Like I know that feeling. I know that really well. I mean, some of my best memory you know my grandpa was my best friend so like you know some of my biggest memories of watching the Azurri. he didn't have a club but you know we're just watching it with him and so yeah. i get it i fully and he passed away uh 15 years ago so i i get it man i understand yeah. so um you know it just your story kind of yep brought up those emotions man um yeah so
1: Soc- fo- football's football's not what life is all about but man, it can, it can, it can be a huge part of it.
0: And, you know, And it makes it that much more beautiful too. Yeah. The good and the bad. Um, Dan, this has been so much fun. This has been super enlightening. I'm so happy we got to connect. How can the fans connect with you? How can listeners here uh, find out about your amazing work?
1: No, well, you can follow me on Twitter in the CV back alleys of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Atlanta underscore Vegas. Um, I hope you like GIFs because I GIF a lot <laughs> on there. It's a very lighthearted take on Atalanta. I do all, honestly recommend the fans following uh, my podcast partner, Nick at Atalanta Passion or his his, his pages at atalantapassione.com. He does great write-ups. You like tactics, Nick's got you covered. Um, and then of course, you can listen to our podcast weekly. at uh, it's, uh, You can follow it at Atalanta Pod. It's on all the major pa- pa- uh, podcast platforms. Um, we are the only English language podcast dedicated to Atalanta, and it is an hour and fifteen hour, 30 minutes every week. If you want to take a deep dive into Atalanta, that's that's where you want to go. Um, we don't talk about anything else. We even talk about, well, that's not true. We talk about Atalanta's friends too. We even talk about like their their uh, teams, like we talk about Eintracht Frankfurt, we talk about their nana. So if you want to, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into Atalanta, listen to our pod. It should be fun.
0: I mean, it's a blast. I've listened to it. It's, I feel smarter listening, walking away from it. And that's always what, how I want to feel. I don't want to just feel like, oh, I agree with this person. So I'm going to keep listening. Like I want to walk away learning something. And I thought I knew a lot about this team. I don't know. Anything is what it, what, what I feel like, when I listen, <laughs> but, but I walk away feeling like, yeah, okay. I got, I got a good education here and this is, this is awesome. So I can't that's recommend great compliment. Like a, Thank you, Tom. You're welcome, man. Thank you so much, Dan. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.